0: section twenty of the end of the middle age twelve seventy three to fourteen fifty three by eleanor constance lodge this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter ten history of france thirteen eighty to fourteen fifty three part two henry's enemies could now be looked on as rebels and the two years of his regency were still years of fighting for the suppression of rebellion in 1422 worn out by his exertions he died at vincennes when only thirty-five and was mourned by french as well as english for his rule though severe was just and orderly pierre de fenin writes of the grief felt at his death for he was a prince of much understanding who had great regard for justice so that the poor loved him above all others moreover he was determined to protect the lower classes against the insupportable violence and extortions of the nobles which won him the favour and prayers of the clergy as well as of the poor people two months later in october of fourteen twenty two the poor mad king of france at last ended his long and miserable reign he was much lamented by his subjects who had always kept a warm place in their hearts for the unfortunate monarch and firmly believed that he would have done great things had he only been given a mind more robust the nobles paid no reverence to his corpse which was accompanied to the tomb by henry's brother the duke of bedford and his english followers but the parisians wept as the funeral procession passed through their streets each cried as though at the death of their best beloved, Ah, dear Prince, never shall we see you again, never shall we have one so good. As the king's body was placed in its resting place at Saint-Denis, the herald proclaimed, God give good life to King Henry, by the grace of God, King of France and England, our sovereign Lord but the people murmured when they saw the sword of the french kings borne before bedford as regent for the infant english monarch there were now two kings in france the english held paris for henry the sixth a child of ten months old who was also recognized in picardy normandy champagne guienne gascony and the burgundian territories charles VII at bourges had the support of turenne dauphiné berry and poitou brittany was doubtful but eventually leant toward the french side when arthur of richemont brother of the duke became constable bedford's task was no easy one the english power rested on little but the support of burgundy and the discords in france even in the districts nominally under their control resistance was constant the regent worked his hardest to maintain his brother's conquest he married anne sister of philip of burgundy he strove for peace reform and good government ruling through french officials and according to old customs at verneuil seventeenth of august fourteen twenty four against odds almost as great as at Agincourt, he won a complete victory over a combined army of scotch and french but there were forces at work against which even so able a man as bedford could not contend philip of burgundy was at best a very doubtful ally and with incredible selfishness Humphrey of gloucester the younger brother of henry v exasperated him by a marriage with jacqueline of Hainaut, a cousin of the duke after getting the anti-pope to divorce her from the duke of brabant to whom philip himself had married her more than this he laid claim to her territories on which her kinsmen had designs on his own account bedford smoothed things down for the time Jacqueline acknowledged philip as her heir in holland Hainaut, and zeeland and his attention became absorbed in strengthening his dominions in the direction of the netherlands but relations with his old allies were not made more cordial by this event english rule however was doomed whether burgundian support was retained or no the very fact of the long war with england and the sense of a common danger was beginning to develop in france a spirit of nationality which sooner or later was bound to sweep the foreigner out of her land the train was laid but a match was needed to kindle the fire And the credit for this must be given to the heroic maid of Orléans, who, despite her apparent failure and cruel death, infused fresh life and vigor into the party of resistance and aroused a spirit of enthusiasm throughout the country of incalculable value. The fortunes of France seemed at the lowest ebb when Joan of Arc appeared on the scene. Charles, under the influence of evil counsellors, was sunk in apathy and despair the english were besieging orleans which had lost hope of succour and the fall of which would have delivered touraine berry and poitou strongholds of the french party into the hands of the english never was help more urgently needed and it came in the person of a young girl inexperienced and uneducated but inspired by love of her country and belief in her mission joan of arc was born of peasant parents in domremy a village on the borders of lorraine she had been taught to sow by her mother and had been occupied either working at home or guarding her father's sheep all her life she had little learning but a vivid religious faith when only twelve years of age she had heard voices which she believed to be those of st catherine and st margaret bidding her leave her home and go forth to the help of the king of france to whom she should restore the kingdom and this order was repeated again and again despite the entreaties of her parents whom she dearly loved joan felt that she must obey the divine message she went forth to vaucouleurs and begged the captain of the town to send her to charles my lord captain know that god has told me many times to go to the gentle dauphin who should be and is the true king of france and that he must give me men-at-arms with whom i shall raise the siege of orleans and lead him to be crowned at Reims. after much persuasion the captain gave her a small escort and dressed as a man she set out for chinon on the river andre where charles was then dwelling here having gained admission she went straight to the king although he was in no way distinguished from the many nobles who surrounded him and proffered her request it was long before she could win favour eventually she was taken to poitiers and questioned by learned doctors to whom she answered modestly but with a shrewd sense of humour and more than held her own at last charles let her go with a small force to join the french already confronting the besiegers and she won the hearts of all by her confidence and piety the english before orleans had erected towers or bastilles from which they assaulted the town and these the rescuers had to storm joan first dictated a letter to the english commander demanding surrender if you will not do right the maid will act so that the french shall perform the finest deed that has ever been done in christendom there were days of hard fighting before the besiegers were driven off Joan led the attacks, and all marvelled that she seemed to understand the art of war like a veteran commander. At the final assault, though wounded, she bore her banner to the ramparts, and when it touched them, she cried, All is yours, enter in. They entered, and the town was relieved. 8th of May, 1429. The English retreated, discouraged and alarmed. Orleans welcomed her deliverer as a saint and all france resounded with praise and joy joan could not rest with her mission half fulfilled charles still hesitating was almost forced by her to reims the way having been cleared by another victory at Patay, eighteenth of june fourteen twenty nine before this battle joan asked the duke of alencon who came to know if they should fight have you your spurs what said he are we to retire or to fly no indeed she replied they will fly and you will need your spurs to pursue them and it happened as she foretold in the cathedral at rheims seventeenth of july fourteen twenty nine where all previous kings had been crowned charles was anointed with the holy oil joan standing by standard in hand when all was over she humbly embraced the king's knees shedding tears of joy gentle king now the will of god has been done for he wished that you should come to Reims to be crowned to show that you are the true king to whom the kingdom ought to belong even now joan's advice was not always followed and sorely against her wishes the siege of paris was abandoned although such was the panic amongst the enemy that a bold move had every hope of success weary of delay the maid on her own account led a small force to compiegne which was being attacked by the english ally the duke of burgundy here her courage carried her too far and in fourteen thirty she fell into the hands of john of Luxembourg, who sold her to the english who were overjoyed at the chance of destroying the witch charles the seventh stirred not a finger to save her never can his memory be cleared from the shame of such a desertion she was taken to rouen where a long trial began conducted by the bishop of Bourvais, a partisan of england and burgundy and every ingenuity was exercised to convict her of heresy and witchcraft through long days of questioning joan stood firm she would neither deny the divine nature of her message nor let fall a word which might involve her king in blame her answers not only show her saintliness and courage but display a fund of common sense and shrewdness which were peculiarly characteristic of her not till the very last did she waver then worn out by a sermon of denunciations terrified by the thought of the faggot and the stake urged by a friend to save her life she set her mark to a document which was a denial of her saints and of the sacredness of her mission. In return, her life was spared, and she was condemned to imprisonment for life. Her weakness was but momentary. Once more encouraged by the heavenly voices, she repudiated her denial and went to her death as a relapsed heretic, 28th of May, 1431. In the marketplace of Rouen, On a platform high above the crowd, Joan of Arc was burnt to death. "'My voices were of God. They have not deceived me,' she cried as the flames rose round her. Scarcely an eye was dry amongst the spectators, even her judges wept. "'We are lost. We have killed a saint,' cried King Henry's secretary, in tardy horror at the deed. It was true that the English cause was lost. They themselves were losing energy and self-confidence, while the French were gaining it. But the dreary struggle dragged on yet for many years. Bedford brought the young king to France, and his coronation at Paris in 1431 was intended as a counterblast to the ceremony at Rheims. But the affair was a dismal failure. No impression was made on the French; none but English took part in the service which was performed according to English rites. Above all, it was accompanied by none of those gracious acts, which usually graced the coronation of a new monarch. Little money was distributed amongst the people, and no prisoners were released. Meanwhile, the Duke of Burgundy, the one weak prop of English power, was becoming more and more alienated. Possibly the career of the Maid of Orléans had had some effect even on duke philip assuredly he felt that it was better to be on the winning side whilst little by little the ties which bound him to england were loosening his sister the duchess of bedford had died and for once her wise husband had committed an imprudence in forming a new marriage with the young jacquetta of Luxembourg, a vassal of burgundy even the emperor sigismund had been won over to charles the seventh And had denounced the ambitions of Duke Philip, whilst his subjects, Parisians, Burgundians, and Flemings, were all longing for peace. Just at the last, one more stumbling block was removed by the death of John of Bedford, an incalculable loss for the English, and with the Treaty of Arras in 1435, the long hostility between France and Burgundy was ended for the time, the Duke being bought off by very substantial bribes he was granted the counties of masson and auxerre the towns on the somme which gave him a strong footing in picardy and he was to be free for life from all feudal subjection to charles the seventh even the king was awakening to some sort of energy thanks it is said to his love for the beautiful agnes sorel who stimulated his dormant ambition and cried shame on his slackness paris was retaken by the constable richemont who had lately gone over to the side of the french and charles on his solemn entry into the capital was received with heartfelt enthusiasm england was at this time weakened by those quarrels and divisions which were fast leading to the wars of the roses and accordingly the duke of suffolk in fourteen forty four arranged a truce which was ratified by the marriage of Henry to the famous Margaret of Anjou, a union which was fraught with disturbing consequences to his kingdom. The truce brought anything but peace to France, which, as after Bretigny, was wasted by bands of professional soldiers, écorcheurs, as they were now called, because they skinned their victims to the very shirt, but at least it gave charles time to reconstruct his army to restore financial order and to get control over the government thus when hostilities were renewed he was better able to face them bit by bit lands were recovered from the english normandy was retaken and by fourteen fifty three all guienne but bordeaux had succumbed a last effort was made to save the port which itself was loyal to the english rule and talbot a veteran warrior eighty years of age but still full of energy was sent to its relief at castillon however he lost his own life and his troops were defeated bordeaux fell and of all she had possessed since the twelfth century of all the conquests of edward the third and henry v nothing remained to england but the town of calais the hundred years war was over at last 1453 the long struggle had left traces in france which could not at once be effaced the country was wasted depopulated apparently ruined but no race has more recuperative power than the french and the energy and industry of the people rendered recovery extraordinarily rapid Above all, France had become a nation, and a nation which was to take a position of the greatest prominence in the centuries to follow. Politically, everything tended to establish the absolutism of the crown. The French asked for nothing but peace and order, and gave up the liberties they had won earlier without a murmur. The nobles endeavoured feebly to resist, but the praguerie, as their attempt was called, came to nothing they had been tried and found wanting and love of country came more and more to be bound up with loyalty to the king much of this revival of the french monarchy was due to the counsellors of charles the seventh charles the well-served as he has been truly called and these counsellors were chiefly members of the bourgeois class of these the best known is jacques coeur a rich merchant of bourges where his house is still shown adorned with the device a veillant, two to painted hearts rien impossible he became the king's treasurer and did much to improve the finances and to reform the currency among other changes the taille formerly levied by all lords in their own estates was made into a royal tax only to be paid to the king for this and for his great wealth he incurred much hatred amongst the upper classes and a case was got up against him on the pretence that he had poisoned agnes sorel although this absurd accusation fell through others were invented the king did not defend him and he was banished after being deprived of all his possessions another burgess jean bourreau did so much work for the french artillery that for more than a century it was considered superior to that of any other country The reign of Charles VII left France an independent country with a standing army and an orderly government, but he passed his last years in suspicion and misery, disliked by the nobles, deserted by the Dauphin, the future Louis XI, and endangered by the ambitions of the Duke of Burgundy. It is even said that he starved himself to death for fear of poison it is hard to feel any pity for a man who had shown such shameful apathy such base ingratitude and whose successes were wholly due to the exertion and devotion of others end of section twenty